As the weather warms up, more riders are getting out there on the bikes, and with more riders on the roads, the risks increase. Motorcycle Awareness Month is introducing 21 for September. It's 21 simple things on a checklist that you can do to increase your chances of making it home safely. From checking a helmet to booking a ride forever course, there's 21 simple ways to get riders ride ready, and as part of Motorcycle Awareness Month, we're offering free ride forever courses to anyone who purchases a motorcycle in September. For the full checklist and promo details, head to motorcycleawareness.co.nz Thank you very much Motorcycle Awareness Month for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray Heron. Great to have you along. If this is the first of our podcasts you've listened to, go back and listen to the back catalogue as well. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can always get hold of me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Later in the show, we're going to catch up with an ex-stunt rider and now New Zealand-based motorcycle trainer for Motorcycle Awareness Month. As I said the last few weeks, uh, the top five takes a break this week. We're going to bring you a few more of the 21 for September items on the checklist that you can do to help yourself uh, make it home safely at the end of your ride. So let's get into it. 21 for September. It's a full checklist of 21 things you can do to get yourself ride ready and increase your chances of making it home safely. Let's rattle through a few of them. Number one, check your helmet. Check the expiry date. If it's five years older or older, it's time for a new one. Number four, own your safety. Take action and always look out for yourself. Number five, ditch that scratched visor. Visibility is key. Make sure you can see clearly. And one more, number 17, have a pre-ride chat. Get your riding buddies together and make a plan. It's 21 for September, up now at rideforever.co.nz. 21 things you can do to increase your chances of making it home safely. I guess this week he's been a stunt rider, he's been a racer, he's ridden pretty much everything he can get his hands on for fun, both here and overseas. Currently he is a motorcycle trainer. Chris Smith, welcome to the show, great to hear from you. Okay, kia ora, Ray. Hey, um, ride for, it's it's not ride forever, it's um, Motorcycle Awareness Month and they've given us a list of 21 things, 21 for September, it's a checklist of things that we can check, but I kind of want to hear from real world riders and I know you've got enough bikes in the shed that you're not riding them all the time, so let's think about a bike that you probably haven't ridden in a few months, what are the first things that you're going to check on that bike before you get it out of the shed and go for a hoon? Oh, so the good old Kawasaki H2. I haven't ridden that in about three months, and I'm about to dig it out for the weekend to go and ride with the boys for Instructor's Day Out. So, you know, having not not sat on it, not even turned it over as such, I'm going to drag it out of the shed, mate, and the first thing I'm going to kick is the tyres, just because they're nice and easy. It's a it's a quick visual check for the oh, the tread depth, making sure that's all sweet run the pressure gauge over them and make sure they're up to specs, whatever your specs want to be. Um, and then I can roll it backwards out of the shed. Once I'd roll it out of the shed, we go through what in the in the industry, we because we love an acronym, don't we, in this industry, uh, we've called it POWER, P-O-W-E-R. Oh, that's is, fitting. I like that. Yeah, P for petrol, 
have I got enough? And knowing the ZH2, probably not. Um, o is the oil, making sure I've got, you know, the lifeblood of the engine. I've got enough. Um, the water is the W section. So that's, you know, all your, your coolants. Uh, e is the electrics, all your lights and everything else that's, um, that's fitted needs to work. And the um, R for the road wheels. And that's yeah, your tyres, your brakes, you know, includes that with the chains. Um, and you just quick look over the suspension, make sure there's nothing dribbling out. So it's a real quick visual check, mate. You can do it every time you ride. I like that. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to put it on my shed wall. Um, when it comes to your gear, and number one on the 21 for September checklist is your helmet. Uh, they say five yeah. years or older. Is that is that relevant? Is that for every single brand, or what's the story there? It is. What they've done, most, most of the manufacturers have given a lifespan on the helmets. Now, it is, it's five or three, depending on the, the type of helmet. Um, in the olden days, it used to be type A, type B. But basically, if it's polycarbonate shell, so that's your, your cheaper end of the market, the, you know, your, your $100, $150, $200 helmets. The polycarbonates are like, um, like a plastic bucket from Mitre 10. If you leave it out in the garden for a couple of years and go and kick it, what's going to happen? Yeah, so your foot's going straight through that puppy. So we have an issue in New Zealand with, as we all know, the UV light. Um, helmets aren't tested for UV, so we have this degrading thing that's going on. Majority of the manufacturers with any kind of composite helmets, so your carbon fibres, Kevlar mixes, they say five years. It's because it's not as badly affected by UV and, and general age and fatigue than the others the others so yeah three or five years on helmets mate i certainly wouldn't wouldn't run past five on one for personal i mean as as trainers as you know that we get through eighty thousand k's a year so to be fair i'm changing mine every two years just because it's knackered yeah the padding's worn out right yep so a lot of the helmets you can buy new padding and give it a quick refresh so you can you can change your cheek pads and the headlinings um, at the more expensive end of the market, but that's what you're paying for. So when it comes to dings, scrapes, general wear and tear on the outside, the shell of the helmet, how serious do we need to get about um, you know damage to the helmet? If I if I for example put it on the on the handlebars of my bike, it falls off and hits the ground. Should I be replacing it? Yeah, look, hey, look, everyone knows that noise, eh? When you walk across a car park and you hear that bang and everybody turns and goes, ooh, that's – it's the, the motorcyclist's worst noise, that one. Um, yeah, absolutely. Any a fall onto a solid object, floor, bench, from more than, you know, a metre or so, consider it damaged. Um, the way they're designed is that the outer shell will flex – in the polystyrene and you can't see that because it's between the you know the inside and the outside you can't see any compression with polystyrene and, and as we know the the polystyrene doesn't re-expand so should you fall off and hit your head in the exactly the same place that um shock absorbing quality has now been used so yeah absolutely best thing you can do with your helmet right is not leave it on the handlebars mate or the seat it can't fall off the floor eh yeah, that's a fair So point. scratches, general scratches, you know, when you put it on the shelf at home, I wouldn't worry about general scratches. Okay. Um, but, yeah, drops and dinks, 
any cracks, any if it's um, if it's really badly faded as well from the light, then just have a think about potential failure points. Something I see on social media a lot, and I don't know if you'll have an exact answer for this, but what do we do with old helmets? Like I, I, I don't, <laughs> I've I've cut the straps on off them and taken them down to the local kindy. What do you do with yours? Oh, mate, I've got a shelf full of them because um, I I do the same. I cut the straps off, but I don't know. You can't recycle them. Um, Mitre 10 have got to the point now that they recycle polystyrene, which is quite nice. So you can take the linings out, take them down there, but the shells, nah, just cut them up and chuck them in the bin, I think. Mm, mm. Okay. Uh, you've ridden a lot of bikes, and I'm, I mean a lot, like probably more than any of my colleagues in the media have ridden. Um, let's go back to your your stunt riding days because I'm I'm interested to hear. If it's a stunt bike, you know, I, I know you're involved in like Mad Max and stuff like that. Do do you do the same kind of checks on a stunt bike as you would on your normal daily rider? Yeah, we have the the other added bonus of we get cross checked by. A mate, or with your road bike, you can run it down to the local bike shop as well. Get them to give a quick once over if you're not 100% sure or, or even competent or confident in doing your own checks. There's nothing wrong with it getting cross-checked by somebody else. So, yeah, we do. We do exactly the same, and we run to the same stringent um, uh, specs that we would on the road, but nothing any more special because the checks are the checks, and if you do them right, safe as anything. All right, so we've talked about what's going through your head before you go out on a ride, especially on a bike that you haven't ridden in a while. What's going through your head while you're out on a ride? Are there things that you think about, positions that you want to get yourself into to be seen or to be prepared for something that's you know around the corner that you don't know about? What sort of things are we thinking here? So one of the things that I've always run with is, is the, the three points of what can you see, what can't you see, and what could you reasonably expect to happen? within the ride. So there's all those things, you know, am I in a, uh, a rural zone? Can I reasonably expect a milk tanker around the corner? Yep. So, you know, maybe I might slow my entry speed down to the corner if I can't see. I never outride my stopping distance. It's probably one of the biggest, biggest things. If I can't stop in the length of the lane I can see, I'm going too quick. Here's a scenario. We're at the back of Wadadapa, Tarsil Road, a uh, little bit of moss on the side of the road. Beautiful sunny day, early spring. It's probably nine o'clock in the morning. You got the sweet smell of freshly mown grass in your in your helmet, and you're barreling along on a nice twisty road. What 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 concerns you in that scenario? So the moisture within held within the road itself, and the way that affects the the surface, would be my first thoughts. Um, a lot of people panic about the mossy roads and what that does is psychologically it tenses your body up. The moss, as long as the moss is below the level of the stone, it's absolutely fine. Um, I'd avoid it if I've got a choice. So give me a grippy bit or a slippery bit, I'm going to take the grippy piece of road every single time. Um, we work on that other acronym of safety, stability and view. So there's those three, three factors that you're always working to. Um, speed is the first thing you take away at that point so if you're unsure let's wind that throttle back nobody died going too slowly so that would be my first thing and just staying relaxed and enjoying it 
slow down and enjoy it. Mm, mm. And given you're a trainer, that doesn't stop you having some fun out on the roads, does it? I mean, we're not here to, to, to be the, the beige brigade. Oh, hell no. No, so we like to have some fun. So we, you know, we go out, you know, we're, we're still thinking about legal compliance, but we don't want to hang about. We want to make good progress when we ride, but we're not going to start out riding that stopping distance, not going to do anything dumb or illegal when we're out there. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, right? The other thing in that scenario that I, I wonder if you picked up on, you probably did, but you didn't mention it, uh, was the sweet smell of uh, freshly mown grass. Oh, <laughs> yes, where the farmers love to spray it all over the road for me on a corner. Mm. Yeah, they're really good at that, eh? With the, the guy with his ride on, yeah. And you just, yeah. that's the thing, you never know what's around the corner. No, Even if you've don't. ridden that road 50 times, NZTA might have might have left a little bit of gravel on the outside of the corner or there's some grass or there's a cow or a pig or something. You just never know what's around that corner. It's not like a racetrack, is it? I mean, you've got, you've got no. experience on the track where it's the same circuit lap after lap after lap and you know what you're what to expect, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you, you take Taupo on the international um, track. He's 18 corners. And it's the same 18 corners every time I go around there every couple of minutes. Um, but out on the road, you know, you go from your place to the wire app and there's a thousand corners right there and every single one of them is different. Um, and it, it boils down to, again, don't outright that your viewpoint. Your vanishing point, your, your, your field of vision is everything. Um, as a trainer, the worst environment for me is fog. That is the one that gets me every single time, That especially come springtime. You know, we're coming in September, October, we've got the early morning fog. That's the one that gets me and puts the wind up me every single time because you've taken away the one thing that I solely rely on, and that's my view. What are you rocking at the moment as far as gear goes? I know uh, start of the year we caught up at Shiny Side Up and you were rocking a, a sweet looking um, Revit Dirt Series jacket. What do you what do you wear on a daily ride? Oh, I love that jacket. I have to say that is one of my most favourite jackets. The only downside to it, it doesn't come with a back protector, so I wear a uh, Technics separate back protector underneath. Uh, that's that's kind of my daily one. I've got some really lovely Reacher Gore-Tex top and bottom, which I think are, they've never leaked. I've had those for three years now and not one drop of water goes through. And my um, Gurney Dakar boots, some of the best. Again, never got wet feet, mate. And I can use those on the, on the T7 and I can use those on the H2 or even on the racetrack. If I need to, and they're a brilliant boat. If you need to, if you find yourself in a city with a racetrack and oh, the nature calls. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you need to on the ring road, they're the boots for you. Now they're really nice and flexible. I can walk around. Uh, they're fairly grippy in countdown. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes I made years ago was wearing a pair of race boots uh, into what was ASDAs in the UK, carrying my brand new or nearly brand new ally and as we all do use our, the helmets as a shopping basket don't we we're all pretty <laughs> guilty of that and you grab a couple of pints of milk and you stick it inside the helmet and you walk around the shop and you just get everything else you need and then the floor's wet and you ignore the sign don't you that yellow one that says caution slippery floor and your race boots aren't designed for slippery surfaces you fall backwards you end up on your ass and you've smashed your helmet into the floor 
not only is the helmet done, it's now also got two litres of milk all the way through it. Oh, lovely. And now you're 30 miles from home. you got no choice, mate. you got to wear it. It's just the worst experience ever, that one. That's a story. Hey, yeah. you, should, you should publish a book, I think. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? There's a, there's, yeah, there's a whole history of dumb stories because I wasn't always this clever, mate, I have to tell you. Number 14 on the list of 21 for September, which is the Ooh, list yeah, of, yeah. Oh, you know mm. it off, off the top of your head. Look oh, at that. Well, you know, it's kind of what we do. Um, yeah, never forget your head checks. When I did my restricted and full license, and I did that through CBTA, um, I, nobody had ever actually said to me, head checks, you need to do your head checks. Hmm. And so I got pulled up on it and I passed by the skin of my teeth. Talk to me about head checks. What are we looking for? When do we do them? And how serious? Like, is this, is this again, Beige Brigade telling us how to ride our bikes? Or is this an important one? Ah, uh, yes, the good old Beige Brigade. No, mate, there's... Uh, you have to put it into context, and, and if I said to you, don't go where you don't know, you'd think about it. You want to move to the right, and you don't know what's in that space, have a look. Uh, and before you change lanes, have a look. Before you move into the flush median, have a look. You want to ride with your mate, and I know you like to ride quite close together. Where is he? Look in the mirrors, he's not there. Where is he? Um, story that goes behind that, because we've got a few of those. When I was uh, 17, I had the worst accident of my life, and that was me turning into the car park of Staines and Egham Hospital, um, turned right across a traffic flow, and just as I turned right, I was being overtaken, and that cost me a broken femur. Ouch. That took me a year to learn to walk again and uh, ruptured a female artery, just nicked it. Luckily, I was in the car park of Staines and Egham Hospital when this happened. Um, the reason it was happened was I was traveling very slowly, looking for gate E for the A&E ward to go and visit my mate who'd just been knocked off his bike, the irony. Uh, and yeah, I couldn't find gate E and it was a, a wet, well, it's England, so it's Summer was a Wednesday, I think. And and so we I went to turn right, but I'd been travelling slow, so the car behind thought, you know, poker it, I'm gonna go around this guy. Uh, and did. And I turned. So yeah, it could have been avoided, like in the eyes of the law, that wasn't my fault. But I could have done something to change the outcome of that crash, and that would have just been over my shoulder. So you were you were in the right hand side lane of of a road turning right across the oncoming traffic, going slow, looking for yeah, a driveway, a and yeah. because you didn't look back, you didn't see the car that came up behind you as you pulled over to go in that driveway and got smoked. That's it, pretty much. Wow! And for 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 the fact of a three second uh, head check, you you wouldn't have suffered that much damage. That's uh, yeah. That kind of tells the story right there, didn't it? Absolutely. It wouldn't even doesn't even take that long, mate. All you're going to do is take your chin to your shoulder real quick. You're not trying to read the license plate. You've just got to see if there's something in that space. Um, it's a kilometres based issue. So the more k's you you travel, the more frequently you're going to come across things not where they're supposed to be. So I would say once a month, I look over my shoulder, whether it be left or right, uh, depending on which one I'm going, and there's something I missed within mirror views and I'm like oh and you do it with enough time to bail out 
So, you know, go straight or stop or whatever it's going to be, not make the left turn. Sometimes it's a bloody e-bike coming up the left-hand side of me. Um, cycle lanes. You know, e-bikes now are a new th- a new issue that motorcyclists have to deal with. Seven years ago, eight years ago, they didn't travel. Well, they were only just around, but they didn't travel at the speed in which they now are able to travel at. So going through Hamilton down the hill, quite often I'm only travelling at 30k an hour and a bit of lime scooter or an e-bike will come up my left-hand side. So you always check before you go because we're both going to end up on the floor. This might be a tricky one. My last question for you, um, but it's happened before. Uh, I'm travelling in slow traffic. I'm not necessarily lane splitting. Whether I can't or don't want to is another story. And somebody's behind me, maybe on their phone, maybe not paying as much attention as they could. Is What can I do to mitigate the chances of being rear-ended and sandwiched between them and the car in front of me? Is there anything I can do? Yes, space. Space is free. So if you back off from the vehicle in front of you, then you don't need to hit the brakes hard. Therefore, the person behind you doesn't need to hit the brakes equally as hard. So if you take that distance, separation distance you've got between, let's say it's two metres, three metres between you and the vehicle in front, just double that, mate. And then that vehicle will stop and you can come down to a nice, slow steady stop and then no one's going to make any jerky movements so i'm extending the distance in front of me to give myself more time to do a gradual slowdown so the person behind me has more chance to not hit me yeah and if you change your position so don't sit dead in the center of the the lane so you're not slap in the middle of the bonnet and the bumper come either left or right depending on where you need to be i would normally say to the right then it gives you a little bit of an escape. If you think that there's a problem, you can move out of the collision zone, if you like. Yeah, something we uh, said in the radio be, world was know you're out. Yeah, absolutely. So I would kind of always like to think about um, where I am. So if I'm coming up to a set of lights and I've got a few cars ahead of me and I'm going to come on down and I've got quite a big gap, maybe it's uh, an off-ramp to a set of lights and I've got cars coming down doing 80, 100k an hour, uh, I'd want to be out so that if I think that the vehicle coming down the off-ramp hasn't seen me, because I am just another small taillight in the big sea of taillights, then I'd move slightly towards the centre of my lane or out towards the white line so that if there was an issue, they'd sail up my left-hand side. Fair enough. Safety is not necessarily the sexiest topic in the world, but when it comes to us on motorcycles, we're overrepresented in the crash statistics. So 21 for September, a list of 21 things you can do to help you make it home at the end of your ride. Chris Smith, Ride uh, Ride Forever facilitator with Passmasters, as well as many other, other hats that you wear. Thank you so much for your time on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, if people want to find out how to do a Ride Forever course, maybe with you, how do they get hold of you guys? So real simple, just either pick up the phone, give us a call, or visit the website at um, passmasters.nz, or flick us an email, info at, and we'll get back to you and we'll get the right course for what you need, mate. Uh, What what areas of the country are you in? So anything from kind of, uh, from two-langy up, right up to the very top. Oh, wow, Turangi. And, 
Yep, and a little bit of Wellington, and we're all over the place, mate. If you aren't in any of those areas, then go to rideforever.co.nz. Chris, you are a gentleman and a scholar and a bloody good rider, and I'm looking forward to chasing you down, or trying to anyway, uh, next time we go for a ride. Sounds awesome. There you have it. That's about our show for the day. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. If this is the first of our podcasts, hit that like button that you've listened to, I should say. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Come along for the ride. Uh, Kiwi Rider Magazine. It's a magazine, Kiwi Rider. It's full of awesome Kiwi motorcycling content. It's free for you to read, download, and enjoy. It's a soft magazine. It means it's online and it's available anywhere you are. Go to kiwirider.co.nz and check it out. My website, motonz.com, and the YouTube channel, MotoNZ, new video out every single week that about wraps up the show though that's us I've been Ray Heron keep the rubber side down throttle on and enjoy Motorcycle Awareness Month we'll catch you in seven days time As the weather warms up, more riders are getting out there on the bikes, and with more riders on the roads, the risks increase. Motorcycle Awareness Month is introducing 21 for September. It's 21 simple things on a checklist that you can do to increase your chances of making it home safely. From checking a helmet to booking a Ride Forever course, there's 21 simple ways to get riders ride ready, and as part of Motorcycle Awareness Month, we're offering free Ride Forever courses to anyone who purchases a motorcycle in September. For the full checklist and promo details, head to motorcycleawareness.co.nz Thank you very much Motorcycle Awareness Month for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast.